Blog Talk Radio. Why is that? I sat. What? I sat during the national anthem. Oh, you sat? Ah, shoot, I was sitting too. All right, well, we'll we'll forgive it this time. We're going to have to that one. We're <laughs> going to change the intro music on the next show. Hello, welcome. Uh, this is this is the real political talk from both sides of the political spectrum. I am Dave Abbott here with my fellow host, V. Tony Ferraro, ladies and gentlemen. Ooh. Yes. Um, so I, I figured maybe tonight what we should start with, Tony, is talking about how this is really a culmination of years of discussion between you and I. We, we had talked about how much fun it would be to do our own radio shows, but really it's far more interesting to listen to two people uh, argue with each other. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> and, and that's something you and I seem to do uh, quite easily. Yes, quite well. It, it, uh, with it love and respect. I, I think it's been, gosh, it's got to be 10 years since we first started talking about doing this. Oh, it's been at least that. Yeah. It's uh, George Bush, uh, Bush two, I think, or Bush one. I guess it was, wasn't it? Yeah, Yeah. I guess it was. Goes back. Getting old. It does. Yeah. Well, uh, let's not go there. Um, So, um, so the, what we're going to be talking about on a weekly basis are just uh, uh, current events. Obviously, uh, Tony, Uh, Most people who are listening probably know that I lean left, Tony uh, leans hard right. Would you say that's correct, Tony? Do you think you lean hard right? We we can say that for the show, but I wouldn't say hard right. You don't think you lean hard right? No. And I don't think think you lean hard left. Maybe not. We'll see. I might lean hard left. I think I'm going to lean very hard left on some things, and you're probably going to lean very hard right on some things. Um, but, uh, we are taking calls tonight for those of you who are listening and do want to dial in the uh, guest call in number tonight is six, five, seven, three, eight, three, one, three, one, three. Uh, Tony and I have talked about a couple of different things that we want to talk about. And uh, I think the first thing that uh, we agreed upon is just the way that the left and the right look at things differently. Uh, it's a matter of fact that last night, Donald Trump uh, gave a, a rally speech in Phoenix. I don't remember any other president in, in recent memory uh, going out and giving rally speeches after they'd won the presidency, uh, but Donald Trump has done it at least twice. Um, and of course, the, uh, those who I know who are uh, lean right think that he just absolutely killed it. I, myself and my friends who lean left, we listen to that speech. I read the whole thing, the transcript. He comes off as a raging monkey. So, um, Tony, now, what now, do you think? Okay. Now that, okay. When do I get to argue with you? You can <laughs> start right now. Okay. First of all, um, to suggest that Trump is the first president to ever do a rally speech is after he's won the election is completely preposterous. Whoa, okay. whoa, whoa. Okay. Hold on. Obama... I listened to Obama week after week after week, traveling America, telling us how great he was and how amazing his policies were and how fantastic it was that the Democrats were in charge. Now, you can call it whatever you will, but that analysis is completely off base. 
Well, okay, let's put it this way. First of all, I didn't say that Trump was the first president to ever give a rally speech after he was elected. But the fact of the matter is that Trump is already giving a chance. That's exactly what you said. I wrote it down. I didn't, I didn't say that. I said he's, the, he's the, the first in recent memory to give no, rally speeches. Whatever. Okay, go ahead. That's exactly what I said. Okay. And, and, you know, the fact is that I do not recall, and maybe I'm wrong and I'm happy to look it up, I do not recall – Barack Obama going out speaking to stadiums full of people. I know that he gave speeches. I understand that. I know he didn't. I want to talk about that a little bit. He gave speeches and he gave speeches to large audiences, but you didn't see him hosting a rally event for his presidency. That did not happen. Usually he gave speeches at events that were not about him. They were about other things. Yeah. Okay. Uh, yeah, I would I would disagree with that, and I would also suggest that the speech that Trump gave was not about him either. I think what? Oh, come on. I, I, well, no. I mean, I I looked at the speech. I read the speech. I listened to parts of it. I, I I think he was. I think it's fair to say that he was rebutting a lot of what's been said in the media about him. But I think there were other there were other points made uh, that that weren't really about him. Um, how, however, that. You know the the reality is the reality is David that you 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 know you're going to listen to a Trump speech through the very same lens that I listen to an Obama speech. It's it's just a reality. You you can't get around it. It's going to be a very very hard effort for any Republican president, let alone this Republican president, to say anything that you're not going to quibble about. And and okay. and I'll be honest, the same was true for Obama with me. Okay, I'm gonna I'm gonna absolutely rebut that. I'm going to tell you that when uh, when Hillary won the primary, I knew pretty much right away that that meant that Donald Trump was going to win the election. And uh, I recall having conversations with friends where I said, you know, look, he's a complete wild card. We'll see how it goes. I really wanted to give him the benefit of the doubt going into this presidency because he was an outsider. He wasn't, he wasn't the, the same old, did he come off as brash? Yeah. Did he come off as at times, uh, at times, did he come off as rude? Did he come off as unpresidential? Yeah, plenty. Uh, but that did not mean that I, I felt like Donald Trump, the candidate was going to be different than Donald Trump, the president. Unfortunately, I was, he proved me wrong within, uh, you know, one day after he took office. I thought his inauguration speech was actually very, very good. And then it always, it just, the shit started rolling downhill from there. So I disagree with you. I, I've heard Donald, and actually, I'll tell you something, Tony. I've heard Donald Trump speak in the last couple of weeks. I gave him props on the Monday after the Charlottesville, uh, the Charlottesville murder and the Charlottesville uh, protests. Uh, saying that I thought his Monday morning speech was actually quite presidential. I thought it was befitting his office. I said that the media would uh, say that it was too late, that he had to read it. But give, you know, ignoring all of that, I actually thought it was a very good speech. And then the next day he went and walked it back. So there you go. I, I, I'm not quite sure what you're trying to prove. Here, here's the reality. I'm just the saying reality. I'm not as I, I'm not biased. I I am willing to oh take somebody word. at face value. Okay. I'm not. Maybe we could start talking more substance rather than just arguing. Because because here here's the deal. You you are biased, and you can't see that you're biased. Look, I'm biased. <laughs> if, but, but the difference between us the difference between us is I can admit that I'm biased. Right? Okay. And, yeah. and because my bias, I mean, there are certain boundaries that I have uh, culturally, socially, economically, et cetera, that are going to filter everything I listen to when it comes to politicians. And there is no way around it. And that 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 to me okay. is the critical difference between the left and the right. It, OK, the, well, well, the, yeah, the go left, ahead. Sorry. The left will argue that they're accepting and that they, you know, believe all they, they allow for everybody to have all views until that view is conservative. Republicans and conservatives, on the other hand, we at least admit where our boundaries are, you know, and, and that's a critical difference between the two. So, you know, you, you can sit here and tell me all day that you were hoping for the best for this president. But if we really went back through your Facebook feed and we went back through conversations we had, that's just not true. It, 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 absolutely, it absolutely is true. I'm not kidding. I, you know, last week on Twitter, after 
Trump's speech on Monday, I gave him props. And I did say that after his inauguration speech, I thought, I, I thought his inauguration speech was uh, lovely. But, um, you know, look, I, okay, you're right. I am biased. I do have boundaries. And for you to suggest that the left doesn't, doesn't admit them is wrong. We do. We have boundaries as it relates to hate. We have boundaries as it relates to violence. You don't, I don't think you see a lot of that on the right. And I, I particularly, I know that there are exceptions, but I think right now we've got a leader who says that he isn't for hate and who says he wants to bring the country together and unite them, but he, he double talks. He completely double talks and he's all about division. Uh, yeah, I, I disagree with that. And, and for, again, I'll give you an example. You're, you're, you're saying that the, the left is against hate and the left is against violence. And, and that, again, is a problem. It's just not true. If you look at the streets oh. today over the last two, three years, the left is absolutely about hate. And it is about, let me rephrase that. The alt left, the far left, the extreme left looks absolutely no different than the extreme right. And the, the, the problem you have is that you can't recognize that because the second you do, the second you admit that there's no difference between, uh, you know, the Antifa movement and the second that you admit that there's no difference between, you know, uh, uh, the, the, the far left, the extremism on the left, and the extremism on the right, the second that you admit that there's no difference between Antifa and white supremacy, you have a real problem. Because then you have to look at the right and admit that all, not all Republicans are racist, right? Because not all leftists are extremists. And, I'm, and that's I'm a happy. real problem for the left. I'm, it's not a problem for the. I'm happy to say that not all Republicans are racist. It just goes that a lot of Republicans seem to hold racial bias. That is a fact. And I will give you an example. And we do have a caller, by the way. But I'm going to give you an example of Trump dividing people. Okay. Here, here's how it works. So Trump says it, this is from yesterday's speech in Phoenix. This great rally speech that he gave. So he says that you know I'm all for love. This is what nobody gets. That I, that. My presidency is all about love. We're all about love. And then someone in the audience, uh, a dissenter, starts speaking out. And what does he do? He says, he, he says they're going to take the guy and, and uh, you know, they're starting to boo him and, and yell at him. He goes, don't bother. It's only a single voice and not a very powerful voice. How did he get in here? He's supposed to be with a few people outside. This is not a guy who is about uniting people. He's about creating division. He even he even goes into the elites and how, you know, he, he talks about divisions all the time, Tony. He said, you know, I always hear about the elite, you know, the elite, they're elite. I went to better schools than they did. I was a better student than they were. Of course he did. He's the best at everything. Right. I live in a he's like Kim Jong Un. He, I, I hit a hole in one every time I call. I live wow. in a bigger, more beautiful Kim apartment. Jong-un. I live in the White House, so, too, which so is really great. So, is now killing relatives with wild dogs. No, that's not what I said. But it's absolutely absurd for you to criticize the guy as being divisive and then compare him to an absolute moron that there's a totalitarian, you know, dictator on the other side of the planet that's killing people with with chemical weapons. I mean, I I was I was I was look, I'm just saying Kim Jong-un has his 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 spin machine and Trump has his and, and a lot of Trump's spin machine is his own mouth. You know, it's like, I'm the best. I went to all the best schools. I'm going to get the best people. I'm going to have the best people in the white house. Don't you know, I've got the best people and we're all those best people now. I'm well, no, I, agree people. I agree with all that. Go, go ahead and take a caller. All right, let's take a call. We'll take a call. See what the caller has to say. Uh, go ahead. Caller from four, seven, two, seven. Go ahead. Caller. Yeah. How y'all doing? Man? Great. How are you doing? Hey, I'm all right, man. Who, who's you know, this? Uh, this is Nas. Well, I'm sorry, come again? This is Nas. Nas. Hello, Nas. Yep. Go ahead. you have a take on this? Oh, oh, I got a lot of takes on this. Uh, <laughs> firstly, firstly there, there, there used to be something called bearing witness, and, and that's where we get uh, Martin Luther, the man Martin Luther King was named after. That's where you get your Joan of Arc. That's where you get your John Browns. That's where you get all these. There were certain uh, things that should not be allowed, and they were willing to fight against what they considered either tyranny or, 
you know, any form of extremism where people are being excluded, exploited, or trampled upon. And I'm not seeing that from people who are connected to the church anymore. I see people who are willing to throw their head in the sand, and as long as they live somewhat righteously around, uh, you know, the people connected to them, then they can consider themselves good Christians. I don't see that that sacrificial or, uh, you know, just that push, that burning desire for nation. Like, I don't see that anymore, and I, I really got questions about a lot of y'all Christian folk in that sense. Uh, now, moving on to... Well, hold on now. Let's let's talk about that for a moment because the fact of the matter is, well, wait, wait, wait. We'll, we'll come. I'm just a second. Train of just because you guys come no. here a lot. <laughs> no. Yeah, go ahead. All right, go ahead. Right. The, the other point. Okay. Now he said there's extremists on the left and extremists on the right. Okay. Yeah. Now when you have Antifa, what does that mean? There has to be fascists available for Antifa to oppose. So if we compare mm-hmm. Antifa to the Nazis, I don't know how we get there. Then we go to We've had five incidents of people who've been connected to either white nationalists or white supremacist groups who have killed people this year. We've had two mm-hmm. stabbings, uh, one shooting. Uh, we had the, the girl run over. And what the, the last one, I believe, was a bystander who tried to save that Muslim girl in Oregon, I think it was. Uh, yeah, there were, there were two men on that them. train in Oregon. Yeah, there were two men on that train right, that, right. that were stabbed. So, so, so this is what we have going on. And instead of people saying, whoa, People are being radicalized online. We really need to explore this. People are saying, well, what's the left equivalent? Well, what about that over there? What about that right. over there? And this whataboutism is going to get us in some extreme trouble because we beat back Nazism and some of this stuff way back in the day, and we did it by opposing them. Now, I'm not out here saying Antifa is right because I understand Antifa is really hard to justify what they do. They show up. They're ready to fight. Completely understood. But when we try to tie Black Lives Matter or DSA and some of these other groups to Antifa and call them all violent and act like this is just a both sides argument, not only are we playing into Trumpism, but we're just not being intellectually honest, man. Like right now, this presidency looks like a failure. He's made huge mistakes. We're losing standing around the world. And for people to try and justify this every day, I, I don't even know what to say to people, man. This is like, look, I mean... Sometimes you vote for the wrong guy. It happens. Uh, my dad voted for Obama. He regretted it. But, I mean, to keep pushing this as we watch this man flail every day on TV, and, no, he's not creating division. He's exploiting division that's already there, and, and that's another issue that has to be talked about. But, no, he didn't create the division. It was already I, I think, there. I, I think that's a very intelligent statement. I agree completely. I agree. I think that's a great take. And, actually um, – Actually, Nas, you, you bring up a couple of different things that I think are worth uh, talking about and exploring, and I appreciate your call very much. Thank you. Um, you know, as it relates to Christians, there's, you know, you've got the well, let me you've talk got to Trump. Let, let me talk yeah, about please, it. Go ahead. Yeah, I, sure. I, I fully agree with him. I, I think I think that the biggest problem we have, you know, I, I, I'm a Christian, and uh, one of the one of the biggest disappointments I have with the church is is that we're not doing our job. We're not doing our job socially. We're not doing our job culturally. We're not doing our job economically. Uh, There's a lot of things that the church at large is failing to do. And because of that, what's happening is the non-church environment is having to step up and solve a lot of these problems. And quite honestly, they're doing a better job. And, 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 uh, what does that mean though, Tony? What do you, what do you mean when you say the non-church environment is having to step in and solve these problems and they're doing a better job? What does that mean? Yeah, yeah. Well, I mean, you know, I, I think a good example is is the issue of of uh, uh, social justice. I, I think I think the church has absolutely failed when it comes to taking care of, you know, the, the widows and orphans. I, I think it's done a very bad job of that. I think it's done a very bad job of taking care of the poor and the impoverished. Um, you know, what about and, the sick. Yeah, okay. Uh, I, I think it does a better job of taking care of sick. Uh, uh, the sick, but, but, but I think when it comes to, you know, I think when it comes to some of those other areas that I mentioned, we, we've done a really bad job. And as a result, um, you know, I would argue that the, that the, the non-church environment has stepped up to take care of some of those issues. And, and the result is, is that they've become, you know, they've become platform pinnacles for the left. And, and I think it's because the church failed. So I, I agree with him on that. Um, 100%. I also agree with him on, 
Uh, the church has failed when it, by and large when it comes to, to racism in many, many cases. You know, the most segregated place in the world is church, every church on Sunday. Um, you know, the church has not done a good job. And, and by the way, that's both black and white churches. That's not, you know, white churches only. I mean, black churches are also segregated on Sunday. It, it's, it's, um, it's a travesty that Baptists in general uh, couldn't figure it out. And so, you know, we have the SBC and we've got the American Baptists. Why? It's ridiculous. We should figure out how to, how to build intimacy across racial lines. And the truth is, if we can't figure that out in church, we certainly can't expect to figure that out outside of church. And so, so I agree with him. I, I, think, I think the other problem is, is that we've bec- the, the right, by and large, has become, you know, and again, I say by and large, there are extremists, but by and large, uh, the majority has, has become quite silent on a lot of issues. And there's a lot of things uh, over the, the last few decades that, that the right hasn't necessarily agreed with, but they haven't done anything about it. And, um, and, and, and the net result then is that they look like they, you know, they're, that they, they're just passive about it. And, and they're really not, but they're actually. Well, I, so, so I, I agree be... with him. The Joan of Arcs are missing. The Martin Luthers are missing. And that's a travesty. Well, I, I, well, and, and here, here we go. So here's the thing. You and I don't disagree on everything. I completely agree with everything you, th- you said. I, I think Naz had a very salient point. And, um, but I think I'll take it a step further, and I think that passivity is something that is in, endemic to both sides of the spectrum. I think that there has been passivity on the side of the left, and if there weren't, uh, we wouldn't be where we are now. Um, you know, there, there's, we can certainly look at the political machine and see, uh, see trouble on both sides of the aisle. Um, what about Antifa though, Tony, this was something that we had spoken about where. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, That that was one point, you know, there, there's a present, you know, it's, it's interesting. What, what he said was if Antifa exists, that, that, that demands or begs the reality that fascism must exist. And, and I would say that's not, whole, that's not necessarily true, but I'm going to get stuck in my own conundrum in this sense. Sure, there are fascists in the United States. There are. Um, I don't think that Trump is a fascist. I, I, I really don't. I also don't think that 99% of Republicans are fascists. I, but, but are there fascists that exist? Sure, there are. But, but does, that, does that justify the activities of those that disagree with the fascists? Absolutely not. And, mm-hmm. and, and so I think, I think it's presumptuous to say that Antifa only exists because fascists exist. Um, I, think, I think it could be said that Antifa exists because people think that fascism exists. And, 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 and uh, I, I whoa, don't whoa, know whoa. what we see on the on. right. Well, wait, wait. Fascism does – I mean, there are people that, that believe in fascism, but I don't think it's a, a very large number of people. I think it's a very small percentage of people. And to be honest, I don't think it's any of the people that Antifa is actually fighting against. Well, I, I, well, I'm not going to – I don't necessarily agree with that, and I will also argue that, um, that, the, that the number of people who adhere to the political or ideological um, uh, bends of Antifa as a group um, probably are uh, – in, in, their numbers are minimal as well. There are not a whole lot of them. They seem to be growing – but there aren't a whole lot of them. Well, look, here's why they're growing. Because one thing the left is a lot better at is, you know, and I, I've owned a social media company for a long, you know, many years now. And, and I get the registrations on the back. I can see what happens. I, you know, I, I see all that. The truth is the left is much more effective at using social media, marketing, et cetera. They're better at building a base. They're better at building a tribe. They're just better at it than the, than the right. Well, I think that's, I think that comes from it. They're just, um, um, frankly, and this is going to come off terribly, but they're just more educated. That's the fact, you know, I don't think you have a whole lot of educated white nationalists out there. I don't think you have a whole lot of educated. I would argue that come on, Tony, uh, you know, I look at these kids who are in Antifa, and they are the, they are coders. They are kids who are who are who are fed up with a system that they don't think works for them. A lot of them are are in college. I don't think you get that when when you're talking about Nazism. I think when it comes to Nazism, uh, you pretty much get and and, and white nationalism. You really think? I mean, 
to, to equate that in order to be educated, you have to be a computer programmer. That is completely. I'm not true. saying that's not what okay, I'm so, saying. Come so, on. So most people not, are going out and getting software development degrees, and and the right is going out and getting MBAs. And that come on. So whoa, 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 whoa. Come on. There was a poll out just a couple of weeks ago that said that for the first time, Republic, the majority of Republicans think that higher education is bad. I mean, come on. You just, we're that never going to hear that from the, quote, elite. Show left. me the poll. It's, show me the poll. Well, I can't show it to you now. I mean, I'll have to find it again. It's out there. Yeah. But, you and, know, and, I, I really, I really way, do think. That exact yeah. comment. It's that exact comment. I don't know where they are, but they're out there. That is exactly the kind of thing that Trump is arguing against in all his speeches. And, and by the way, you know, going back when I was debating 25 years ago in college, it, you know, th- this idea of the, the erroneous source uh, that doesn't quite exist, but everybody talks about it. Yeah, I mean, all you're doing is perpetuating the stereotype that's being what asserted is- against you right now. How am I doing that? By saying there was a poll and then not giving you the poll? Yeah, what's the poll? If you're going to cite the poll use, with me, tell me what the poll is. All right. I'll, since apparently your fingers are broken, I'll Google it and I'll find it. Um, we do have another caller. Let's take a call. Go ahead. Call it from 3240. You are on the air. Hey, it's Micah. Love, love the banter. Um, Micah! Micah! What do you know? Micah Crossman. If, if you asked me is higher education bad? I would say absolutely. It's been taken over oh, by boy. the left, and I'm a Christian, and I'm an, I will send my children to higher uh, ed, and they're going to meet professors who are going to tell them I believe in mythology. I'm a moron. I'm white. I'm oppressive. I'm racist. My children are white, half white at least. Um, they're oppressive. They're not going to know anything about my kids' history and who my wife is and who their grandma is. Um, and they're going to be brainwashed uh, with all this stuff. So I would say, you know what? Higher education is, is bad, and I'm going to have to prep my children um, to be ready for an attack on Christ, an attack on Caucasians. Um, so let's make sure you know what the question was before you start saying that Republicans don't believe in higher education because I, it's I absolutely agree. been taken over by the left, and – if, if someone as educated as myself uh, were to say, higher education is a problem, it is a real problem, I'm going to send my kids to probably one of the most liberal colleges in California, UC Riverside. It's going to be a problem. But th- okay, and, the, and you think the they're, going to be pro- they're going to be professors at, at this school that are going to tell your kids that you personally uh, are, are a, a – believe in mythology and that you are wrong and that your views are wrong. You think that's going to happen? Absolutely. What college did you go to, Dave? I think that's hysterical. Uh, Penn State. What college did you go to, Dave? I went, I, I went to UC Riverside. I know the professors there. I want my kids to go there because I love that college. It's a very um, highly ranked college, especially internationally. I, I know the professor. There's a professor there that believes that, California is a part of Oslan along with Arizona, Nevada, and New Mexico, and it needs to be taken over by the Mexican government. Again, (laughs) this is a beautiful left statement, because the Mexican government has done so well with the property they already own. This is typical of the left. You want to make the government bigger. You want to make the government bigger. You don't trust it. You don't trust cops, but you want only cops to have guns, but you want to make the government bigger so that more people with guns can come and force their rules on me. That's the logic of the left. That's right. I'm sorry. Can you repeat that, please? I'm, I'm, st- I'm still trying to process the part about, about the – and by the way, I love that you're, you're, you're quoting – you're naming a, a professor saying that he believes that California is part of Oslan. Talk about the unsubstantiated source. I mean, there's no way to even look that up. But let, okay, go ahead. I'll look it up right now while I'm that, talking because I can that. talk about it. In- I called in to talk about Antifa. Oh, what did, what did I say? Uh, I said it's ironic yeah. that they're the left, right? They're professors. They're the left. Mexico is left. And um, it's ironic that the left, you, Dave, yeah. want a larger government to solve the problems, but you think the police are racist. They kill blacks and I they don't enslave think the blacks and they put Micah? them in prison. And, That's not true. But we need them to have guns. Well, well, hold on. The hold public on, couldn't hold have, on. can't have guns. Hold on. 
hold on. The fact of the matter is there are some police who are racist. And, the, and another fact of the matter is blacks are jailed disproportionately to whites in this country. That is a absolute. absolute fact. Why do you think so? Why do you think so? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. I, That's I, 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 actually, I think the more pertinent question would be, why do you think so? You know, a lot of times because when you have raised, someone... Because 75% of them are raised in single-parent homes. Boom. That's no, the answer. that is not Did true. You know? No, that is not true. Yes, it is. That is Did the you know? exact Listen, wrong Dave, answer. Here's a statistic that is but, true. But, but it's true. But it's true. No, this no, is a true I'm going to tell you why this is a wrong 7%, answer. Go ahead. No, Dave. Seven percent of blacks raised in a in a two-parent home become impoverished. Twenty-five percent of whites in a single-parent home become impoverished. How could blacks with two parents do better than whites with a single parent do better if the main um, issue is race and not parents? Okay, okay I'm gonna. So here's why I'm gonna tell you your answer is wrong. What you're saying is basically the equivalent of saying these people have a, a higher proclivity to crime. And that is no, not no, no, true. no, no, no. That's oh, not what yeah. I said. They have a higher proclivity that... to single parent homes because with the, with uh, um, Johnson after Kennedy can't think of his first name made the uh, war on poverty. We spent trillions of dollars on the war on poverty. The same exact percentage of Americans are in poverty today as they were 40 years ago, but we spent trillions and what they did. I, my source is Larry Elder who's old enough to have lived in this time. He said government officials would knock on doors and tell the mother, if you have a single-parent home, you will get more welfare, you will get more benefits. And then they would tell the men, if you will go with us, we have this project, this, this, this thing that we're doing over here in construction, and then they would take the man out of the home to fight poverty, and, and that, was, that was the beginning of the end. In 1890... Wow. More blacks had do parent homes than whites. Did you know that? Yeah, yeah, it's true. Uh, no, I didn't know that. that no, yeah. I had no idea. And, and today, 25% of whites have a single parent home and 75% of blacks. What am I doing as a white person that makes black people um, have a, a, a lower statistic in having two parents? What am I doing? I, I, I don't know. know. I, 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 I have no idea what your responsibility in that is. I don't even get the question. But I will tell you this. I, the, reason that, um, the reason that blacks are jailed more than whites, are arrested and jailed more than whites, has more to do with where they live and the demographics of where they live and the fact that those areas are policed harder than, yeah, but, than the area, the harder. Area, more affluent areas David, where David, whites live. You think they're policed? You think that oh, absolutely, is without a question, there's a there's a direct correlation. There's a direct correlation between uh, the the amount of policing that goes on in a district and the and the arrest rates there. That's that's but just okay. So can I ask you a question? I'm sorry just for running all over you, Tony, but um, I'm armed. Sorry. So Detroit, Baltimore, Chicago, um, all three. Uh, it, insane poverty rates, insane crime rates, insane murder rates. Uh, but, but by tell the way, the crime rates, rates the majority the of their council the, members are. The, tell the me what the majority the, the of their council crazy, members are. It, it, it is irrelevant what race the majority of their council members are. It's, oh, it's irrelevant. What, tell me what their mayors are. What are their mayors? He didn't it's say irrelevant race. what color they're. It, it, it is irrelevant. He didn't he say race. Just said, it tell is, me, irre tell it is me irrelevant what? because you think the system is racist. And how is the system racist if the black cities – you're telling me I'm wrong about the parent thing. So you're saying that the system is racist, and I'm saying all three have absolutely. black mayors. The system, uh, is, the system is absolutely biased. There's no question about it. As a matter of fact, the very system that you were just pointing to, which is the welfare system, is absolutely biased. It is meant to keep the poor poor. That's what it's there for. Okay, but I will agree with you there because they vote Democrat. I will agree with you there. Oh, come on. There's a very it's evil not, agenda behind you act it. Like Absolutely. Republicans have never voted for a social program. That's ridiculous. Come well, on. We voted for, yeah, uh, uh, Bush's uh, Part D pharmaceutical benefit, which was probably more about the pharmaceutical industry than, than the benefit itself. But, yes, okay. we, 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 we've, we voted self-serving. Okay. Okay, I, I, I gotta I gotta jump in on this. Okay, so so first of all, David, you you are correct that the that there are more arrests and there's more police activity in neighborhoods where blacks live. That's true. Yeah. 
the, but but the but what you're failing to see is that the root that Mike is proposing, and I agree with him, is that the reason that those neighborhoods have more police activity and and more arrests is because there's more impoverishment, there's more poverty, and that poverty, by and large, part and parcel of growing up in a single family home. Uh, that, that, that's I, where, I, listen, I'm, I can't argue with the economics of growing up in a single family home than, than, than growing cool. up in a dual family home. That's that is a that's an impossible argument that I'm never going to win. The the reality though is it's that the reason the because it's right. That's the reason that the, so right. let's look at why these kids are growing up in single family households. It's because their fathers are in jail. That's why no, their fathers are in jail. True. Yeah. Yes, that is true. Oh, so, come on, so the police. The police just run around with a paddy wagon. We have a have whole a generation of, of black men who are jailed one in three. A David. whole generation. Two oh generations. You're not correct, buddy. Listen I am me. absolutely correct. Look I've seen the statistics. Studies the I looked statistics at the DOJ on- statistics. I have. David look, at, David, look at the number of kids born out of wedlock in those communities. And by the way, I'm not saying blacks. I'm saying poverty. The number of kids born out of wedlock in, in impoverished communities – the number, the number of the, the divorce rates in impoverished communities, it has nothing to do with race. It has to do with poverty. Okay. That's a fact. Hey, well, we, can could, we, a could, we could spin in circles on this all day. Yeah, I'm go ahead. Spinning. Okay, can I, I, can I, I, forward, I, I last question, and then we'll move on to Antifa. Yeah, actually, we, got, we have another call. We're going to have to take it, and we'll, we'll come back. Okay. Go ahead. If you want to move on to Antifa, we can, we can hit Antifa. Go ahead. Antifa. Um, so you brought up five murders. The, the, the two uh, of those murders funny, yeah. were the two of those murders were a man who was an, an ap- I don't know what I can say on your show I'm just going to say it he was an absolute ass he was attacking two Muslims and two men tried to stop him now in mm-hmm. theory he, he I, I, I'm a freedom of speech guy I, I, I think that you give the moron a mic and you let him say the moronic things and then I can, I can sit my kids down and say did you see what the Nazi said? That's really ignorant. Um, mm-hmm. When you make them a victim, right? When, when Antifa shows up and you start throwing uh, urine bottles and um, mm-hmm. hitting people with sticks and locks, mm-hmm. almost murdering mm-hmm. a guy in San Francisco, you, mm-hmm. you make the, now that guy was an innocent guy, but if you hit a Klansman in the head, you make him a victim, give him a mm-hmm. mic and make him a moron. Mm-hmm. So right. th- that's my problem with Antifa. They show up. They infringe on people's speech. So when you when you talk about murders of Klansmen, I, I don't like that statistic, or or at least white supremacist. Because five, My God. yeah, you brought up five. I think we have eighteen thousand murders a year. You, you you're kind of like the left wing guy who's afraid of black rifles when Whoa. they're less than one percent of all rifle murders. But you're afraid of an AR-15. And you, you you don't have the intestinal fortitude to go after handguns, which would be the, the killer of most people. So okay, I'm gonna I'm gonna I think I'm gonna going correct after you. the white supremacists is is they're not. I mean, their their murder rate is far lower than um, Islamist, right? They haven't even caught up to the 50 killed at the gay nightclub. Just those 50 white supremacists haven't caught up to. It's it, but see, okay, now that is whataboutism. But I'm gonna I'm gonna I'm gonna digress for a moment. The, the reality is that I, I happen to agree with you. I am not a fan of Antifa. I, they, I think they're very confused people. I think they're a terrorist organization in, in that if, if they are indeed an organization that um, endorses violence and infringing on people's rights, that's a terrorist organization. So I'm in complete agreement with you. And um, if, if it's all right with you, we're going to move on. So thank you for the well, call, Mike. Right, we'll, move we'll on. come back to you next yeah, time. We can move on. But, David, I, I – I... Half my show too. I've got to write. Yeah, absolutely. Okay. Yeah, go ahead. So, so this is from the Department of Justice. Individuals who live in poverty are more likely to report a crime than those who do not live in poverty. There's your policing, right? People live in household. People living in households in the U.S. that have an income level below the federal poverty threshold have more than double the rates of violent victimization compared to the individuals in high income. So you've got two things going on there. The fact is, from the Department of Justice, that when you live in impoverished neighborhoods. You have more than twice the opportunity for crime victimization. And second to that, you have a higher rate of crime reporting in those areas, which justifies higher 
rates of police enforcement. It's, it's actually fact. it's actually you don't have a victim unless it's reported. OK, let's uh, let's move on. OK, let's take a call from eight, five, six, nine, eight, five, six, nine. You are on the air. Here we go. Come on in. Hey, can you hear me? Yeah. Hey, what's going on? This is uh, Jeremy. I'm from Richmond, Virginia. Hey, um, Jeremy. Welcome. Two questions, two kind of comments, I guess. Uh, I'll start with the most recent one. I was just curious if y'all know what the uh, federal number is for what's considered poverty line, what it's not, like the annual income. Uh, yeah, it's it's pretty low. In fact, I would argue that it's definitely not high enough. Uh, yeah, I don't know what it is. Is it like dollars a year? Yeah, I'll, I'll look it up amount. while you're talking, but it, I know it's very, very, very low. Well, my reason for asking that is because where I grew up at, it's like a small mountain town that relies on the paper industry. And in that particular area, if you make $400 a week, you know, you're living above average. You have a house, you have a car, you eat well, but you drive an hour later to the city, you know, that's nothing. You know, right. where I grew up right. at, a uh, rent on a two-bedroom is like $350 a month, like right now. That's what it would cost you two-day to rent a two-bedroom there. So that I feel like I should move. Uh, uh, Jeremy, I, I, I feel like I should be moving out of Los Angeles after you told me that. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> definitely, because y'all are paying like $2,000 a month out there. But anyway, my, my reason for calling, I wanted to kind of go back to the argument with uh, African-Americans or – arrested more and that whole thing and I kind of agree with both of y'all bits and pieces of it but I kind of wanted to throw in just some food for thought like a new argument without getting into like you know getting y'all back into an debate over it um something I've always thought you know when exactly would you say slavery was gone I know we had like the whole civil rights movement up into the 60s and stuff but you know, I don't remember the exact year of Lincoln and everything that slavery was actually deemed illegal. But 1864, I believe, is when the Emancipation Proclamation was passed. Was it 63 or 64? Do you know, Tony? I think it was 64. Yeah, less than 200 years since African Americans in the states have been, you know, free to roam in actual society and get jobs and, you know, have some form of rights at least. Um, as far as working and interacting and being able to go to social events and all this stuff. So it's still relatively new in terms of how long we've been around. Um, an argument I have is kind of based on evolution. If you take, say, you know, white people, Aryans, whatever you want to call them, and look at where we come from, like it's a safe bet that most of us, you know, where came from Europe, is that a fair assumption? Yep. Uh, I, yep, I guess that's a fair assumption, sure. If you want to go back, you know, mm. 200 to, to, to uh, 1,500 years, sure. Well, I'm actually talking, you know, thousands of years, but Okay. And for African Americans, we would say, you know, Africa. Yeah. That's probably another fair assumption for thousands of years. Maybe even the earliest people were in Ethiopia. That's one that's argument. Right. Yep. I think a lot of it may have to do with how new they are to society as a whole in the process of evolution, which is a slow process. You look at where they came from compared to where a white individual came from, the environment. You know, you're a product of your environment. A white person, you know, came from an environment where there's rain and there's seasons and there's flush vegetation and all this, and then African Americans come from an environment where the sun's beating down on your head, there's no shade, there's limited resources, it's 100 degrees, and then then and up until a couple of hundred years ago, they weren't really a part of society as far as socialization. And then now they're in society. Do you ever think it's a possibility of just still learning? There's still these instinctive impulses. They're still learning how to be functioning members of society. No, I think that what you're I, – I actually completely disagree with that. Um, and we'll take the rest of this off the air. Thanks, Jeremy. Um, I completely disagree with that. Tony, how about you? Yeah, no, I, I, I completely disagree. I mean, the reality is, you know, some of the most advanced civilized uh, accomplishments we can see in primitive, uh, primitive cultures, I guess, whether yeah. it's in Africa or yeah. South America, you know, um, I mean, our arguments can be made that there's, there's still large parts of China that, that are sort of pre-civilization in, in some of the ways that they, that they act and uh, some of their cultures, yet, uh, they're much more advanced uh, in in much of their you know education and um, 
just in terms of using their environment and some of the, I, I, you know, I, I, here, here's, here's the real issue. And, and, and I, I also take offense, um, you know, and, and I know he didn't mean it this way at all. Uh, I take offense at the idea that slavery has ended. Slavery has not ended in the United States. I agree uh, with that. Got sexual slavery happening every single yep. moment, every single yep. day throughout the country. The only thing yep. that's changed is the color of the person that's on the chains. Um, yep. you know, so, so, you know, the, the, but, but that said, uh, sla- slavery has, has been a part of human culture for thousands of years. And, and, uh, um, and I don't believe that, you know, I, I, I don't believe that it, it's, it's going to go away anytime soon because the truth is that, you know, we exploit things. That's what people do. That's why we're the most dangerous animal on the planet is because we exploit things. We exploit each other. And, and so I, I don't see that going away. How, how that relates to poverty, though, let, let's go there. And by the way, the threshold is $22,000 a year. Uh, yeah, which is crazy. It's crazy. Yeah. If so, I, I, you know, it's insane. But, 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 but what, what I yeah, think want to there is, is where, where I think the direction that Jeremy was going has some merit to it is, um, is, is that, if, but, but I, I want to be very sensitive. I don't, I don't think it has anything to do with evolution. I think it has to do, I think it has to do with white oppression uh, quite directly. I mean, the truth is when, when slavery was abolished, um, very little changed for, for the black person in America. Uh, you know, yes, they were no longer a slave, but they had absolutely no money, no property, no nowhere nothing. to go, no property. Uh, and no, many of them didn't have any family. Yeah. Right. And, and, yeah. and, and, you know, and they had 400 years of, of being traded away from their families. You know, it, it, going back to the point that Micah was making, we, we being whites created a, a cre- created the generational habit within the black community of creating uh, fatherless homes. I mean, you know, well, in, in I don't know. This is, where, this is yeah. where I, this is where I, this is where I disagree with you. I really, I, I think, I think that, I think that, the, okay, let me, let me, let me step back on that. I, I, I think that there is some merit to what you were saying that we, that, that white society has created a, a reality for black society where, we, where we have made it so that there are a lot of kids who only have one parent in the household. And I think a lot of the time it's fatherless. And that is tough. When you have, uh, when you have kids growing up with boys, particularly without a male role model to show them how to be a man, or if worse, if their male role models are in jail, uh, that, is, that is where we get into a problem. But I want to I stay away from, I, I actually think what Jeremy's saying is where, is where, racism kind of begins to suggest that there are these great cultural, oh, that. Yeah, uh, you know, these great cult, like it's in the DNA. I mean, come on. It's not, no, it's not in the DNA. It's not in the DNA. Yeah. It's the circumstances yeah. that we created when we took, yeah. when we took, you know, human beings and pushed them quote off the farm with absolutely no resources and said, go fend for yourself. I, I mean, there's very little that can happen, but for a man to mm-hmm. try and provide for his family, to go away yeah. from his family in order to make that provision. And that well, continues I, all the way through, let me finish this point, that no, continues all the way through to exactly what uh, Michael was pointing at with, with the labor movement headed up under LBJ. And, and we did it again. And, and we have a habit as, as, as white people of, and particularly white leadership of, of creating circumstances for impoverished people in which they cannot succeed. We do that. It yes. has nothing to do with yes. black and white. It has to do with poverty. I, I will. I will agree with that. I think you're absolutely correct, and that's where I think that the system is is definitely biased. Um, we do have another caller, but I will say this. Um, no, I'll just leave it at that. I, I agree with a lot of what you just said. Okay, uh, we'll take a call. Caller from zero seven zero four. Go ahead, please. You're on the air. Hey, this is Dan, um, friends with Dave Abbott. How you doing, buddy? Hey, man, I'm good. How are you, Dan? Good. Congrats on the show. Thank you. Thank Good to have you. Thanks for calling Thank in. You. Good. I just wanted to weigh in. I just caught the tail end of uh, the, the gentleman who was uh, bringing up Larry Elder as a source of uh, information. Um, you know, this is a guy who uh, flirts with uh, posting fake news and lockstep with Sean Hannity, so I would just be very careful of using him as a source. 
you know, he, he's uh, suggested he was on the whole birtherism bandwagon um, when when Hillary had her episode, uh, you know, uh, bringing doctors on to diagnose her with, you know, seizures and, and, and stuff like that. So I would just be very careful of sourcing, uh, using uh, Larry Elder as a source. Okay. I appreciate that. I think that's, uh, I, I'm not familiar with Larry Elder, so, uh, and maybe that's uh, by some sort of grand design. Uh, Tony, do you know who he is? No, I, I'm not familiar with Larry Elder either. You know, the, but but at the same time, I wouldn't, I, you know, uh, and and with all due respect, uh, Dave and Dave, <laughs> um, I, uh, you know, Hillary's behavior was odd. I, it, it was odd. It, it oh, come on. Now. No, I'm not. I don't know what she has. I'm there we a, go. There we I'm go. not a doctor. It was odd. It was odd. There's, there's, I mean, you can't say it wasn't odd. It was odd. She, she okay. fainted. He what? I mean, wh- she fainted. Um, there was more. Yeah. There, there, there was more to it than that. I mean, it, you know, look. What, there, what was more to it? She fainted, and then she finished the rest of her campaign. What, what are you suggesting? What was more to it? Yeah. What, what, what I watched in the video did not look like fainting. It looked like a bigger problem. Now, what's the problem? I don't know. I mean, maybe she had pneumonia. I, I so don't. You're know. A, so you're a doctor. Well, no, hold on, hold on. All right, let's 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 back up. I I want to look. Hillary lost the election. It doesn't matter. Yeah. You know, the fact, the fact right. of the matter is that, you know, again, we're, we can engage in what about isms till the, till the cows come home. The fact of the matter is Donald Trump uh, uh, gave two debates where he was sniffing the whole time. And there was lots of speculation on the left that the guy is a coke addict. And, you know, I, you know, it's it's pure speculation. Uh, so and, you know, maybe he just had a cold. I don't know. The, I think the campaign trail is is extremely hard and tony to say that hillary was acting on is kind of ridiculous she was acting on was was trump acting odd when he kept trump Trump wasn't acting odd whatsoever right no i said sure he was acting odd too and he continues to act very odd yeah the only candidate who wasn't acting odd in this election in in my opinion was bernie so there you go um dan thanks for the call do you have anything else no, no, I just wanted to, I really, really wanted to call and just congratulate you. So uh, good oh, luck with the you. show. Appreciate it. Yeah. All, All right. right. Well, have a there wonderful evening. Cheers. Thank you. Thanks for the call. And yeah. thanks, uh, thanks, Nas and Micah and Jeremy also for the calls. Uh, Tony, you know, um, we talked about tonight, we were going to, we were going to speak a little bit about the media and I know we're getting, getting close to the end here. We've only got about seven and a half minutes left of the show. Um, obviously um, the media Donald Trump would have you believe that the media is uh, fake unless it's Fox News uh, or maybe Breitbart. You know, uh, Bannon left the White House. He immediately said that uh, Breitbart's going to be better than ever. He's very excited, apparently. Um, uh, What do you think about this? Do you think that the media is uh, particularly hard on this president uh, versus presidents in the past? I think. uh, Okay. Oh, boy, that's a loaded question on so many levels. I. So let me, <laughs> That's what so I'm here for. Right, right, right. So hear, hear me all the way through. To answer yeah. your first question, or, or your last question first, yes, I think that the media is by and large harder on this president, than, certainly than they were on Obama, and quite possibly than they were on many other presidents before. I can't believe however, you're saying that. However, yeah. however, however, getting to the issue of fake news, uh, which is really the, the topic, um, I, I would say that there are very few credible news sources, a, a very few, and 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 Fox is not one of them. Um, and uh, you know, the Christian Science Monitor is probably one of the most unbiased publications you can read. Um, but when you start, you know, gosh, if anybody were to advocate that the that the that the news media in the United States provides any kind of of unbiased review. Um, they're cuckoo. It's all fake. It's all it's all produced. It's not all fake. It's not all fake. It's It's not all fake. It is. There is a profit motive there. There's no question about it. And I think that they definitely have their narrative that they that the news outlets have their narratives that they want to maintain. But that doesn't mean the news is fake. And that's where I take. Uh, I take uh, uh, umbrage with uh, what Trump has to say about it. I think if you're if you blanketly say that or if you say blanket with with a blanket context that the, all news is fake, 
uh, it reeks of uh, anti-democracy to me. You know, you're trying to discredit the no, media. And, and no, at some point or another, you have to question, you have to question no, and I, why and I, and I want to discredit everything the media says unless it's on I, Fox I, I News. Think, which, I, think that that is, I think that that, I think that that's a short-sighted point of view. You, you can say that the media is by and large, listen, you can say that the media is by and large biased and producing um, likely uh, at least colorful news, uh, if you don't want to go as far as fake. Um, you, you can say that without, without indicting the fact that we need, an, that we need a, a, free, a, a free speech media in the United States. I think the problem is, is that when you advocate, um, when you advocate that the news is not, that the news is not fake, it, it goes against every understanding that we know about human nature. There, there's no way for anybody to report anything 100% factually. There's no way to do it. So in well, actually, there, there is. If you record a Donald Trump speech or if you transcribe a Donald Trump speech and then you read that speech uh, uh, without any kind of filter, then you're getting the honest uh, – you're getting the real story, aren't you? Let, let, let me give you an example. Let me just give you one yeah. example. Okay. okay. Go ahead and if you if you Google Trump Phoenix, the number one article from the Washington Post, the headline is as Trump ranted and rambled. That's opinion. Yeah. That's not news. That makes that's, it well, fake. Yes. Yeah. It's true, it but fake. it's it's true. It's true, and therefore it's not fake. No, no, no. It's true, in, it's true in your opinion. It's true in your opinion. He but that, did rant and ramble. There's no question. I, I don't think he, he ranted and rambled. I mean, I listened to oh, it. Come it, on. it he spent the entire first almost three quarters of the speech complaining that he's the victim of Charlottesville, Listen. basically saying that he's a victim of the media. He's CNN a victim of Charlottesville. CNN he ran Donald Trump's 57 no, I, most outrageous quote. According to who? According CNN, to who? I guess. Well, it's, you know, I don't know who's editing it. But, I have but no that's idea. The point. Okay, if, I, if I'm willing to say, if I'm willing to say that Fox is as guilty as CNN – at creating fake news and, and, and maybe, maybe fake is a harsh word because it is an extreme statement. Maybe biased news is a better way to say it. If I'm willing to say that Fox is as biased as CNN, the Washington post, the Atlantic, the New Yorker, everybody else, then why can't you? I'm not saying they're not biased. I said that they definitely have a narrative that they're trying to push. And by the way, I think I've told you in the past, I've caught CNN in outright lying. There's no question that there's lying on CNN. And there, but it's not all lies. You can't just say that because it is on CNN, it's a lie. That it, it can't work that way. And by the way, by the, same, by the same token, I can't say that everything on Fox is a lie either. But there's certainly a narrative that both of them are trying to push, and it certainly is profit-motivated. There's We're no question. I agree. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. Um, well, we're running out of time. Is there, Tony, I know that you're a, you're a published author, and uh, aside from being an amazing guy, you're a published author. Thank so uh, is there anything you want to plug before we end the show tonight? No, uh, not anything specific tonight. I mean, we, 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 can, we can talk about books and all that later. Um, I uh, – I just like to plug the show. I mean, you know, I, I think, I think there's, you know, this is the first episode, obviously we, we're, we're getting into some good conversations uh, and, and hopefully, you know, as, as we, uh, as we move forward, we'll get more refined and better at presenting the content. I agree. Uh, you know, look, and there certainly isn't going to be any shortage of things to talk about right. in the coming weeks and months. Um, uh, and I appreciate you very much. Thank you for, for being my fellow host, you're, you're, you're a game uh, adversary. Uh, if I may call you an adversary, you're, you're an even better friend. And um, it's, an, it's an honor to be doing this show with you. So thank you. Yeah, you too. Absolutely. That's um, the love fest. That's the love fest. That's, that's right. That's a We can have dif differing opinions with each other and still love each other. And by the way, uh, uh, you know, it's, it's not that hard. The, Donald Trump would be very proud of us right now. If you believe what he was that's saying is that's right. Um, all right. So we will be back uh, next week, same time. This was only episode one. Episode two will be much more fun, and we'll be talking about uh, maybe we'll go back into the media. Maybe we'll talk a little bit more about some of the things we touched on tonight. We'll be looking forward to taking your calls. Tony, is there anything you want to say in clo closing? Nope, we're good.
Okay. Well, God bless. God bless everybody. God bless you, Tony. Uh, and God bless America. America. Right? America. God bless the world. God bless the world. The world. Let's have a no, little I blessing. Like America. World. <laughs> I like the world. I'm Republican. All I right. Prefer... I'm kidding. <laughs> All right. We'll Good night, everybody. We'll see you next week. Bye-bye.